Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the Dynamic Dojo Show with Restita and Robert. Your source for martial arts talk radio. Cool. No, it, was, it was it was really cool, and and lady was taking all the pictures, and 
and all that. And, you know, her and cameras. <laughs> yeah, right? All of a sudden you got pictures on Facebook that you didn't even know were taken. <laughs> That's right, because she'll look over at 9 o'clock and uh-huh. take a picture right in front of her. <laughs> right. <laughs> yep. Pretty cool stuff. Well, right on. Well, congratulations to Sifu Clark, because he de- he deserves he deserves that day for proliferating the art all throughout that area of California. So, right on. Yes. Very cool. So, what about you? How was uh, how's you know driving for Lyft and and the whole college visiting thing and blah 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 blah. Not bad. You know what's really funny? This has happened to me twice driving for Lyft. I picked up a guy about a month ago. And, you know, we, we toured UCLA uh, about four months ago for the first time. And I uh-huh. picked up this guy a couple months ago, and he turned out to be our tour guide, the one who showed us around. <laughs> now, the other day, however, see, last week we did what they call Bruin Day at UCLA because that's where she decided to go. So uh-huh. we do a Bruin Day. We take a tour of the housing facilities and and each type of housing facility, and therefore, uh, one of the rooms was opened up to us, and it was occupied, so all the students were there. And, and the first room we walked into, a couple days later, I drove one of the students that was in that room. Oh, wow. <laughs> See, so, so somehow, if I drive somebody here to, like, Los Angeles International Airport, I'll end up at UCLA. Huh. I'm getting to know that campus very well. <laughs> and I'm grilling every student. What about, oh. tell me about the lunch plans. Tell me about this. Tell me about that. And everybody's just sharing stuff with me like you wouldn't believe. Oh, well, that's it's cool. great. They're right not, on. And, and this is funny. The first time this ever happened to me when I drove that girl that, would, that, that opened up a room to us, you know, and she was like with three mm-hmm. other girls or whatever. You you remember when you were young and, and your dad had to slam on the brakes because he wasn't paying attention or the driver stopped really quick in front of him, so he had to slam on the brakes. So what did he do? He threw his arm across the front seat. Right, right. We call we so used to call didn't that go the mommy the window. bar. Yeah. Right. We used to call that the and, mommy bar or the daddy bar. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and and I did that to this girl. It, it I caught myself, but I felt my arm. Going out, it was like a, a, a it was like a ridge hand. <laughs> I, I, she's all I like, said thanks. sorry. She's all like, thanks. And she, she's like, no, that's okay, that's fine. My dad did that to me all the time. So I'm such a dad. That's funny. Oh my gosh. Well, my week was okay. Um, busy, 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 busy. Uh, my cousin went out of town. Um, so I'm right now the, uh, only one taking care of my mom who, and for those of you that have sent, you know, well wishes and prayers and all of that kind of stuff on Facebook and on other social media. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It means a lot to me and my family. Um, you know, mom's, uh, uh, confined to a bed right now and sleeping a lot. And, uh, thankfully she's not in what we would call noticeable pain. She's not complaining. Right. But then again, you know, we have really great painkillers and stuff like that. So, you know, um, we're just trying to make mom's, uh, you know, uh, 
time with uh, time with us more comfortable and stuff. So thank you, all of you listeners and friends that have sent your well wishes and stuff. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, but yeah, been been pretty busy, and uh, the the weather is being like really bipolar over here now. I mean, we had eighty something, eighty nine degrees last week, and now it's like fifty something degrees and raining and thundering and stormy and stuff. So that's that's my week. Yeah. Oh, uh, you know what's what's really funny. The other day, I got my thousandth ride with Lyft, right? And I what? get a wait, jacket. What? Whoa, wait, 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 wait. What? You, you <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me back up. You gave a thousand rides. How long ago did you start driving for Lyft? The weekend before Halloween last year. That's a lot of rides, man. You get like serious cheering there, man. God, wow, okay, so... So they give me a jacket, and in California, it's about to become triple digits. (laughs) So I won't be able to wear this thing for another six months. Well, you know, if you you ever come down here to visit, (laughs) you can wear your jacket. But then again, you know, you'll you'll have people asking, you know, if if you're driving. (laughs) Yeah, if I'm driving, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't know Seattle, so... Anyway, but that's our goal. Our goal is to get Sifu Bob up here to visit, not as much as I visit oh, California, to visit. I, I know. Well, you, you do know how you're doing it, right? You do know how you're getting me up there. Well, the the one reason, the, the <laughs> one, of, one of the ways, well, that was one of the ways. I mean, the other ways are like, you know, playing you with food and drink and, you know, that kind of thing. But, okay, so I figured, well, you know, I've been to California a lot for Halls of Fame. Dang it. So I decided to nominate Sifu Bob for the USA Martial Arts Hall of Fame. Um, And the awards uh, ceremony is going to be October. Criminy, I forgot. October. (laughs) October I don't remember, but yeah. I don't remember either. October something here in the Seattle area um, at the. Uh, Emerald Queen Casino and Hotel. And the Emerald Queen, the Emerald Queen is one of the casinos here in Washington that could rival a casino in Las Vegas. Um, it's big. It's, it's, it, it lights up the whole freeway um, to the point where it causes accidents. <laughs> it's a great casino. And uh, and it's actually got its own uh, its own building where they actually have conventions and and ballrooms and stuff like that. So you're not actually in the hotel with all the drunk people. It's <laughs> right. Great. Yeah. So so I I I I, uh, I nominated Bob for outstanding contributions to the martial arts, and uh, I don't know if he's accepted yet because it's a you know it, it's about funds right now. I mean, me and Bob are all about the funds. I mean, uh, you know, I'm running out of money taking care of my mom. You know, he's got a daughter going to college. He's got to save his bucks too, which is why he's driving for Lyft. So, you know. That's that's exactly right. Yeah, and uh, that reminds me, I'm going to put this out here again. I'm free for seminars. Not free for seminars, not like I'm teaching for free, but I'm available for seminars, you know. Right now, preferably on the West Coast, a lot easier because I want to be able to get back home quickly if need be. But if anyone wants any instruction on anything from bullwhip to tai chi fighting applications to uh, self-defense drills to for any school, how to incorporate tai chi into your own curriculum, 
uh, knife throwing, whatever you want, hit me up on Facebook. Well, let's talk. Anyway, um, yeah, I, you know, that, that reminds me, I was like, I was talking to some lady from Ireland, actually, that expressed interest in bringing me up there. And I'm like, I hope this goes through. I'd love to go to Ireland. That's I'd really like Oh, would that be cool? Yeah, it would. And it's like, you know, I, I got to bring my manager. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know? So anyway, I'll, I'll, we'll see how, where that goes. Anyway, let's get moving on. So folks, if you're listening, um, stay tuned because after we get done with our first segment and after our uh, first break, we're going to start a discussion about personal, personal interrelationships in the dojo. Now we, we know that, you know, being in a dojo or a martial arts school, it's, it's like having a second family. It's, a, it's like a family atmosphere because you guys are all doing something within a common interest and for a common goal. And because you're in this kind of community setting, it's natural to form relationships, friends, you know, that kind of thing, student-teacher relationship, junior-senior relationship, you know, and sometimes even dating. And we're going to actually talk about that. We're going to talk about what's appropriate, what's not, the ins and outs of um, of the different categories of relationships, um, you know, how these relationships can be fostered or, you know, when is it appropriate or not? So we'll talk about that. Give us a call later, 347-677-0699. I see we have some people on our board listening. So um, hang tight. We're not going to open the phone lines until about 630. So feel free to listen to the show. All right, let's move on. Who do we have for birthdays this week, Sifu Bob? Birthdays. We have Claudia Lopez. Her birthday is on the 24th. Guru, Mark Wiley, his birthday's on the 24th. Sifu, Rob Moses, his birthday's on the 25th. Uh, Sheehan, Jacob Bressler, his birthday's on the 26th. Spice Williams Crosby, her birthday's on the 26th. Michael Bumgarden, the director for the uh, Martial Arts Kid, his birthday's on the 27th. Guru, Mark Makita, his birthday's on the 29th. A good friend of mine for years since high school, Mark Jackson, his birthday is on the 29th. Professor Gurley Abad, her birthday is on the 29th. Lou Dwyer, her birthday is on the 30th. And Grandmaster Vincent Cabales, his birthday is on the 30th. And who do you have? I have um, Mr. Chuck Cagnette. Um, He is uh, a grandson of the late, great, Supreme Grand or Supreme, yeah, Supreme Grandmaster Kakoi Kenyette's birthday is on the 27th. Oh, Trish Chiovari, her birthday is on the 26th. And last but not least, one of my Tai Chi students, Ethan Savaglio. Now, does uh, is Spice Williams Crosby related to anyone? Because that that sounds familiar. The name. Well, <clears throat> her her ex husband is Bing Crosby's son. Oh, okay, okay. Wild. Okay. <laughs> I was just wondering because of the hyphenated name. Well, anyway, so for everyone having a birthday this week, even though we haven't mentioned your name and you have a birthday, we wish you all a happy birthday. And we have a, a for you. Here it is. I hope you have a happy birthday, a super extra special day. I want to wish you a happy birthday. May all your dreams come true today. Cause you really want in a million And you mean the world to me There's no one sweet 
on our list here. So next, let's bring the mic over to Sifu Bob for his announcement. Of course, we have uh, Dragon Fest coming up July 9th this year, uh, Saturday, uh-huh. July 9th, at the Airtel Motel Convention Center. Uh, it's going to be a great weekend. It's uh, sold out, and they're still, they're still getting requests for booths. Uh, it's amazing. Uh, go to uh, MA museum.com click on dragon fest to get your tickets that's right it's uh, being touted as one of the biggest martial arts conventions on the west coast and uh you get to meet all sorts of uh, martial arts movie stars uh celebrities anime artists uh that we have vendors with toys jewelry martial arts weapons um and there's actually gonna be if i remember correctly <clears throat> correct me if i'm wrong bob but this year they're going to actually have Asian cultural performances, right? I mean, we've got like the Shaolin monks coming in. Yes, that's true. Uh, yes. The uh, 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 a Japanese taiko drumming group, um, uh, traditional Asian uh, musical performers, and so much more. And uh, Michael says that every icon, martial arts pioneer, champion, and contributor to the martial arts will be there. You can also meet producers of new films such as The Real Miyagi. Uh, Miyagi, <clears throat> and uh, The Mask, The Chemist, Martial Arts Kid, The Underdogs, etc. You can meet the cast of Big Trouble in Little China, The Karate Kid, and more. Okay, your early bird tickets cost only 20 bucks. and only Oh, five I got bucks. news yesterday. What's that? I got news. All what? of the main characters from the Cobra Kai Dojo are, is going to be there, and maybe, it's not confirmed yet, Marty Cove, the bad instructor 
will also be there. It's supposed we're oh, hoping. So that means we get to see Daryl in April again this year. Uh, of course. Wait, no, wait. Well, they weren't part of they oh, wait, weren't no, part of Cobra Kai. Though. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Right. Yeah, I, I took that as the whole other cast other than Ralph Macchio. I heard that incorrectly, but that'll be very cool. Well, I hope Daryl and April can make it. I'd love to see them again. <clears throat> so, oh, yeah. yep. Early bird is early bird is twenty bucks, five dollars for kids. Uh, I don't know when the cutoff date is for early bird, and at the door, it's only five bucks more, twenty five bucks. So it's a steal, folks. Get your tickets. You can get your t- you can get your tickets at MA Museum also, right, Bob? I don't. Yes, you can. You that's okay. where you buy your tickets online. Uh, right. It, it might be something for one one of our our good friends Tony Collins to drive out here for. Yeah, I think that would be very cool. Hint, Tony. Anyway. <laughs> so yeah, go to that, folks. Come on now. We're in a we're in a bigger venue this year. It's bigger. The Airtel hotel i forgot what it's called already <laughs> but anyway i know right all right right all right i've got just a couple more announcements so for more on the local side here in seattle i am gonna be hosting world tai chi chi gong day and that's gonna be next saturday april 30th uh my seattle event is going to be held at the the uh, renowned seattle chinese garden from 10 to 11:30 a.m and we are going to be broadcasting live on a live uh, live stream uh, <clears throat> called Four Hours of World Peace. And that's, uh, that's being hosted by world-renowned Tai Chi instructor David Dorian Roth. And you can actually view the uh, live stream for 24 hours straight. So I, <laughs> I talked to David and his assistant Margaret the other day, and I said, you guys are going to be up for 24 hours? And they said, well, yeah, we're going to be taking shifts to, to, to monitor the streams and to keep clicking through and, you know, to talk a little bit about each of the groups and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, gosh, good luck. 24 hours straight, they're going to stay up. We'll see what happens. <laughs> I guess they're going to take turns. <laughs> so anyway, uh, so to, again, that's uh, April 30th. And the um, for the Seattleites that don't know where – the uh, Seattle Chinese Garden is. It is in the South Seattle Community College campus grounds uh, in West Seattle, where uh, the Seattle Chinese Garden is at the north entrance. So just look up how to get to South Seattle Community College, and there you go. <laughs> oh, here's the exact address 6000 16th Avenue Southwest, 98106, the Seattle Chinese Garden. You want to park in the north parking lot. Um, and be careful because sometimes, depending on the day, they actually have motorcycle uh, training classes, so you can't park where there are cones, or they will tow you. They will tow you. So hope to see you guys out there. We're going to be doing a demonstrations. I'm going to be joined by my teacher's school, uh, uh, Sifu Yijiao Hong's Chinese Wushu Tai Chi Academy, um, and we're going to demonstrate Chen Tai Chi, Yang Tai Chi, and host a free public practice open to Anybody open to the public. So come on out next Saturday, 10 a.m. Okay. And uh, one more announcement. Um, I lost my announcements. There they are. (laughs) Okay. Until this happens on uh, July 20th through the 24th, it's the Tri-Organization Women's Martial Arts Training Camp. And these, the three main organizations in the United States, PAMA, NWMAF, and AME, which uh, stand for Pacific Association of Women Martial Artists, 
National Women's Martial Arts Federation and Association of Women's Martial Arts Instructors, the three, the big three women's only organizations in the United States. Um, <clears throat> July 20th through the 24th, North Central College in Naperville, Illinois. And we just got the list of all of the instructors that are going to be there. So if you're a woman that's interested in the martial arts or uh, are already experienced in the martial arts and haven't heard about any of these organizations, go check them out. Uh, go check out PAWMA, P-A-W-M-A dot org. I don't know the website addresses for the other two. Um, and you'll have you'll find information there on how to get a hold of the other organizations. But here are our teachers. All right, we got Shinchi Janet Alf of Modern Arnis, Professor Gloria Baldazar uh, Kempo, Sensei Michelle Elefante Okinawan Karate, Kyoshi Narissa Freeman Danzanru Jiu Jitsu and Muay Thai, Kyoshi Zosha Gorbidi of Zoo Jitsu Ru, Julia Green Yoga, Shel. Uh, Chelsea Jones, Capoeira, Master Ricky K of Vietnamese Kong Nu, Kelly Kusumoto, Freestyle Wrestling, Shihan Dara Masi, Hakoru Jiu Jitsu, Sifu Michelle Miller, Tai Chi, Sifu Patty Olinger, Kung Fu, uh, Sigu Jen Para, Silat Sene Gayong, Judo, Sifu Allison Riley, Kajukenbo, Sensei Francesca Rugi Riello, sorry, uh, Karate, uh, since a Candice Rushton, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, Master Wasenta Young, uh, uh, Tai Chi and Qigong, Sensei Yudit Ziklin Sidikiman of Judo, Grand Master Sunny Graf, Taekwondo and Lapunti Arnis, uh, Carol Middleton, Karate, Krav Maga, uh, Master Su Jifang of Bagua and Wushu, and Sensei Jamie Zimron, who was a previous guest on our show of Aikido. These folks are some of the greatest women martial arts masters in the United States. Uh, one of the, and these are all, and, and anyone that, um, that has met any of these teachers can vouch for their knowledge and, um, and their capabilities and skills and experience. So if you're a woman in the martial arts, go check it out. You can't find these great women in one place ever again, because all of these people belong to, you know, each of the three groups. And it's kind of rare to kind of uh, co-mingle membership because it gets expensive, right? So this is the first time we're going to get all all of these women from all three groups coming together. So go check it out, org for more information. Phew! <laughs> all right. Okay, we are almost done with this first section, folks, but hang tight. If you are calling in to talk about personal interrelationships in the dojo, hang tight after this first segment. We're going to open our phone lines, so please be patient with us. Okay. You know, Rusty, when I see an 818 number pop up on our board, that worries me because that means I probably know them. <laughs> of course, that 417 is a clue, too. Oh, okay. Who, what, 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 what city is 417? Oh, in some place in Missouri. Oh, 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 oh. Okay. All right. So let's uh, let's move on with the show so we can open our phone lines because I can I kind of really want to talk about this this subject. I do too. I, it's 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 a pretty cool subject that I don't think gets talked about very often on any martial arts talk show. Um, uh-huh. And but you know that's what we're known for, folks. We are known for bringing out subjects that people just don't talk about. Okay. Let's move on to our health news. 
you know, it's not really so much health news as it is more of like a, you ever wonder why? Okay, you ever wonder why you find it kind of hard to sleep when you're in a new or unfamiliar place? Has that ever happened to you, Bob? Yes, absolutely. In hotels and other things, yes. Yeah, I remember the first time I came to visit you for Masters Hall of Fame. I think I came in the... Wait, no, I came in a few days earlier because I knew it was going to happen, <laughs> right? I came yeah. in a few days earlier, and that first night, couldn't sleep at all. Couldn't I kept tossing and turning, could not sleep at all. I mean, I guess the fact that it was like 100 degrees that day, you know, kind of like didn't help, but couldn't sleep that day. And, um, you know, after a while, though, I was able to just go to sleep because I just became more familiar with the surroundings, right? But for those of you that do struggle to fall asleep or stay asleep while you're out traveling or on your on, on the road or whatever, you don't really want to blame your pillows or the sheets. You actually want to blame your brain. Aha. So we got some health news science going on here. So it appears that half of our brain may remain alert when you are asleep in a new location. Well, at least for that first night that you're away from home. And uh, this is according to a study published in the latest edition of current biology, quote unquote. Now, Scientists figured this out by watching a small group of people in a sleep lab and playing quiet sounds by their ears. So you might be thinking to yourself, who in the world would sleep well in a lab with a bunch of scientists staring at them? But people who sign up for these kind of sleep studies, right, are decent sleepers, at least on the second night they're there. Okay, so these are people that, you know, get acclimated quickly. Um, Now, scientists have long known that results from the first night of most sleep experience are usually a bit, if not a lot, off. <laughs> so there's even a sciencey name for this. Did you know that? It's called first night effect or FNE. The first night effect results are so atypical, some researchers will toss them out. Wanting to understand why this happened, scientists at Brown University devised an unusual experiment. And here it is. <clears throat> they wired people up to a brain, mon- to brain monitoring equipment and played quiet and infrequent beeps by the ear of each sleeper. Researchers found that on that first night of the experiment, the beeping on the left side of the brain reacted strongly to the sound compared to the right side. The left side is related to thinking and uh, the type of awareness needed for vigilance. Now, noises played on the left side more, more often woke people up. On the second night of the experiment, the night watchmen camped out on the left side of their the, the night watchmen camped out in the left side of their brain seemed to be asleep too. Both brain hemispheres responded at the same level, and the beep, beeps woke fewer people up. So that's just kind of hinting that half your brain tries to keep itself awake, or at least to to keep you in a sleep state that will allow you to wake up quickly, so you have to run or fight, right? All right. Now, what's, what that suggests is that humans may, may be a bit bird-brained, actually switch off half their brain when they sleep. That I didn't know. By literally keeping one eye open, that eye sends information to the side of their brain that corresponds while it's awake. So even while <laughs> still asleep, I'm serious. This is, I did not know. Well, you know what? You know, I, I, I've been married for 30 years. I always sleep with one eye open. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when when she goes, it's okay, honey. Just go to sleep. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just close your eyes. I'll be here waiting. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> yeah, I don't like, don't worry. I'll make sure you're safe. Anyway, so <laughs> I didn't know birds did this. So even while still asleep, he awakes from the brain and makes decisions to fly or fight and help protect them from a hungry cat or an aggressive hawk or whatever. Now, birds can even rotate which side of their brain stays awake depending on where they're sleeping. Like birds, our brains have two hemispheres. But when we see something, our eyes send that information to both sides. Our brains are joined together by a tiny bundle of nerves, unlike birds. Something about that unfamiliar environment must be keeping that left side of our brain awake, even though we don't sleep with one eye open. (laughs) So, what can you do if you need to be alive, awake, alert, and enthusiastic for an early meeting after trying to sleep that first night on the road? Well, Red Bull. Red Bull. (laughs) Red Bull. (laughs) Right there. Yeah. Um, and, and caffeine chocolate. Anyway, according to um, uh, research associate Masako Tamaki, um, they say that, well, you might be able to reduce the first night effect, but we're not totally sure if you can remove the effect completely. Now, Dr. Mohamed Nadar, a neurology specialist in sleep medicine with North Shore Sleep Medicine in Evanston, Illinois, says the study seems to make a lot of sense. There can be a lot more anxiety around sleeping away from home, and that can make it more difficult to sleep, Najar said. And often when people travel for work, they already have an elevated amount of stress. That certainly will affect sleep quality, too. Now, there are a couple of tricks that might help, okay? Number one, bring your own pillow. The familiar smell and the squish of your favorite pillow may trick your brain into thinking you're at home. Okay. Uh, And number two, find a hotel with rooms that look like your own bedroom. Staying at a friend's futon may be a little trickier, but a sleep mask to block out the light or earplugs to keep things quiet may help. You can download smartphone apps that can generate white noise or other calming sounds such as ocean waves. Um, um, This reminds me of something else. Uh, Unfamiliar odors will make me stay awake. So it's always that first night in a hotel, it smells like a hotel. Right. right. <laughs> Smells like a hotel. It's got the constant hum of the, um, you know, uh, air conditioning system or the heating system. And it's just it's just weird. Right. Um, so anyway, um, uh, if you get the smartphone apps for helping you sleep, it says that you don't want to check your email when you first turn on that app. The light from the phone or computer or um, or the stress that comes from the email or the text can send your mind racing. And uh, doctors say that you should shut your electronics down about 90 minutes before you go to bed. Another tip, take a warm shower before you go to bed. Keep your room cool because your body rests better at about 65 degrees. All right, so there are some tips to help you sleep better while you're on the road if you have that problem of not being I got a tip. I I have a tip. This would work for me. (laughs) All I have to do... (laughs) Now, now I've got her worried. Okay. <laughs> what I'm hey, going to say. Right. What are you going to say? Okay. Uh, well, you talked about you you have certain things that you're used to, smells and that sort of thing. Every time I go out of town, I go get a big bowl of chili, and all the smells from home are back. Oh, that's you know you, you know that that's that makes sense because like uh, at night. Because um, I tend to have my my nasal passages tend to be really sensitive to like dry air, especially in the 
in the winter when the heat's on, right? And I'll wake up with, literally with a bloody nose, right? So what I do is I'll put Vicks in my nostrils, and I go to sleep with that odor. So I associate <coughs> Vicks Vapor Rub with sleeping. So whenever I can't sleep, I just, like, put a little on my neck and put some under my nose, and I'm out. It's <laughs> hey, hey Tony, when you come on the line, would you explain that joke to her, please? <laughs> I just, it lost all I, meaning I when she went into that. <laughs> I do. <laughs> you just ignored me completely. <laughs> I don't know what the hell you're talking about, so let's move on. Let's go into the weekend. <laughs> all right, we're running a little late in our first segment, so we're going to open the phone lines in about five to ten. <laughs> five to okay. ten minutes. So hang this comes out of Mays, Germany. A male stripper sparked panic in Frankfurt's red light district after being spotted with what appeared to be an assault rifle and a bulletproof vest and a jacket with the emblem of the FBI. A significant number of police officers <laughs> were deployed to the area after Saturday night's officials, officials said. The 30-year-old Hungarian man was later found in a table dance bar where he revealed the suspicious <laughs> items were part of the costume for his act. A French police officer shows off G36 assault rifle in Paris oh, on February 29th. So this was all part of his stripper costume. Oh. An assault rifle and a bulletproof vest with the FBI logo on it. Nice. And people, and people were tripping. Oh, man. And people were tripping. So real, real quick, I went last, last week before we went to San Diego, I went to the one-year anniversary of Reed's Active Martial Arts and uh, Wing Chun Temple Northridge, uh, their anniversary party. So I ran into a bunch of friends I knew. I ran into uh, Alfred Arquitas that absolutely raved about our show. He really? said how real we are, how we keep it real, how he really enjoys it. Yes. Oh, that's and awesome. And if, if I wasn't in such a hurry, I would have said, when are you going to do our show? But I was yeah. running late. <laughs> Well, right on. Very cool. So it was like really cool. So very cool. Now, All right. Uh, what we do are we at... have? Entertainment news. Entertainment so, news. This one, we're going to go and announce the up and coming martial arts movies for 2016. Mm-hmm. So a couple of them, and there are a lot. There are Hitman a lot. Three with with Donnie Yen is coming out. Uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Sword of Destiny with Donnie Yen and Michelle Yeoh. That's already out, actually, on Netflix. And I have it is, yet to... isn't it? I thought yeah. so. Yeah, it's already uh, out on Netflix, so right on. Kickboxer Vengeance with Jean-Claude Van Damme. Wow, he's going to be uh, in it? That's what I said. <laughs> wow, how cool is that? Right on. Yeah, right? Uh, right? The Deadly Reclaim with Wu Jing. Oh, cool. The awesome. Monkey King 2 with Aaron Kwok. That's going to oh, be cool. Oh, awesome. That is going to be, be cool. That is going to be cool. Railroad Tigers with Jackie Chan. Oh, a new movie. Yes. <laughs> Kung Very Fu cool. Yoga with Jackie Chan. Another He's got two one. movies coming up. 
right uh, on. Kung Fu Cowboy was Tiger Chen. Cool. The Kung bodyguard was Sammo Hung and Andy Lau. Cool. Wow. This is this is that this is gonna be a great year for martial arts movies. Yes it is. Definitely. And uh there's lots. <laughs> there's was that it for that one? Yeah, there's lots. There's like the beast, headshot, um a Jet Li movie, uh called uh Function Song. Never back down. Uh there's there's just so many. So many. And I will post this list on the Dynamic Dojo Facebook page for everybody out there to peruse. All right. Well, let's see what else do we got here. Oh, I think it's time for Rusty and Bob's random thoughts from left field. All right. Now, the random thoughts from left field, these are just like those weird thoughts that you just that just come out of nowhere that you wonder about. Really weird. So we'll start with Bob's. <laughs> yes. I've always wondered, why don't woodpeckers get headaches when they slam their head into a tree all day? <laughs> why is the video game Donkey Kong called Donkey Kong? He's not a donkey. You know, I... I remember wondering about that when I was a kid, too. Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. <laughs> Do Roman oh. paramedics refer to an IV as four? <laughs> oh, God. Okay. <laughs> if one synchronized swimmer drowns, do the rest have to drown as well? <laughs> I knew. I had a feeling you were going to go there. <laughs> and those are my random thoughts. Okay, my my random thoughts. And, okay, my random thoughts are <laughs> these, like, when I was in high school, and every now and again I get reminded that I thought these were things when I was, like, a kid. All right. Do Siamese twins have to pay for one or two people when buying tickets or cab fare, et cetera? Yeah, I've always wondered about right. that. <laughs> I know, right? And I also wonder if laying an egg feels similar to a bird as childbirth would be for humans, or does it really actually feel like maybe a big poop through the wrong orifice? Anyway, so I, I wondered about that. Okay. <laughs> last but not least, this is just something that came out actually more recently. It was like last month or something. If humans actually had wings, I wonder what our clothing would look like. Like, would there be slits in the shirts? Would it be immodest to just have your wings just sticking out naked? Or would shirts be designed to cover them? Now, would wings on humans come in different appearances, say, kind of like other anatomy stuff? I, I wondered. Wow. You know, something, yeah, I know, right? Yeah, I know. That, that's really out of left field. But anyway, <laughs> let's do this now. Our first segment is over. Let's go ahead and take a uh, about a three, four-minute break, and when we come back, we're going to open the phone lines, and we're going to talk about personal interrelationships in the dojo. So don't go away. We'll be right back. If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it, be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children, troubled teenagers, a thief, or anyone else who might misuse it. Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. 
remember, always lock it up. For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ag Council. Dear parents, much of what we learn in this world comes directly from you. Whatever your message is, it will become part of us forever. Please teach us to accept one another. Teach us to respect one another. Please, do not fill our minds with hatred. Do not expose us to bigotry. Do not teach us to judge each other by race, religion, orientation, or the color of our skin. Teach us the concept of tolerance. Teach us to understand one another. Teach us to accept people of different cultures and persons with different beliefs than yours. Please help us to create a world where every man, woman, and child is treated equally. Dear parents, please don't teach us words of hate. We learn from you every moment. If you use certain words which might be hurtful to others, we will repeat that word. Please don't show us acts of hate. If you act against people of different faiths, we will repeat your actions. Dear parents, we are your children, and we are relying on you to help us create a world where every person is tolerant of one another. Inside this little Burbank building, this is the first museum in the world dedicated to martial arts. It, it really reflects on the style and the, the philosophy of each and every different culture. White eyebrow kung fu, monkey kung fu, the animal styles, Shaolin. Talking about the ninja here. Japan had the samurai. Here we go into our Korean section. In fact, every corner of Asia and the Pacific has its own martial arts. It'll be an absolute shame if one day you ask a kid and he doesn't know who Bruce Lee is. From the history of the Japanese samurai to the artistry of anime, Enjoy a look into Asian culture by visiting the Martial Arts History Museum in Burbank. Hi, this is Frank Duke. This is T. Joe Douglas Wong. Hi, this is Kumu Lua, Michelle Manu, and you're listening to Rosita and Bob on the Dynamic Dojo Radio Show. The only place to be to get the real scoop on the real things that are going on in the martial arts world. Do you have an idea for a guest? or a topic that you'd like to hear on the Dynamic Dojo Talk radio show? If you do, you can email your suggestions and ideas to dynamicdojoradiohost at gmail.com or you can also post it on the Dynamic Dojo Facebook page. You're listening to the Dynamic Dojo Show with Restita and Robert, your source for martial arts talk radio. Alrighty, welcome back, everyone. This is Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio with Rashida and Robert. So today's subject of discussion is personal interrelationships in the dojo, and I kind of want to preface this discussion with a little, with a little bit of uh, dialogue here, right? Okay, so. The dojo is a lifestyle venue for many, and because of that, developing a relationship with others in the dojo is, is part of the lifestyle. However, what is appropriate and what isn't? In many schools, the students become a family, and just in families, there's a possibility of family-type relationships and you know stuff like arguments and this and that and the other, right? Now, <clears throat> there are the typical student-teacher relationships, friendships between student ranks, the junior-senior student-brother-sister relationships, 
the senpai kohai relationships, and even romantic relationships. However, what is considered allowed in dojo relationships? Should there be protocol for what relationships are allowed in a dojo? It's one thing for a group to go out to dinner at a restaurant, but is it appropriate for students to date each other? And then there's that controversial subject about teachers dating students. Where's the line drawn? Should there be a line? Let's, so let's talk about this a little bit. So let's go ahead and start with, uh, well, let's just go ahead and start by getting um, people's uh, takes on their particular experiences when they first joined the dojo, how they felt about the atmosphere, whether or not it felt like a family atmosphere. So let's go ahead and uh, open up some phone lines here. So our phone number here is 347-677-0699. And if you want to talk to us live, just press 1. So that way we know that you want to talk to us. So let's go to area code 417, who has been waiting very patiently. 417, who's this? This is Tony. Hey, Tony. (laughs) How's it going? (laughs) Oh, incredibly well. Yes, I heard your shout out in my direction about visiting you. And if you don't mind real quick, before I address the the concept of, uh, well, like you said, potentially dating in the dojo or whatever, I want to explain to you why, unfortunately, this year that cannot happen as far as me doing a whole lot of traveling. Uh, my girlfriend and I are expecting a child, and so Yay! it's just not going to happen. Uh, nice. We're doing everything we can to uh, build up some revenue so that when it comes along, why it's, it has everything it needs. Uh, right on. So in November, I'm going to be a dad once again. Oh, Right on. All right. Let's go ahead and open the phone line to area code 818. 818, you're on Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio Live. Who's this? Hello. Can you hear me? Yeah. We can. Robert, I wanted to say thank you for putting a shout out for me for uh, my birthday, actually. Oh, you're welcome. So, this is the listeners out there that don't know who this is. This is Sheehan Jacob Fressler. How you doing, sir? I'm doing great. It's my birthday today, as Robert said, and uh, we are having some friends come along. The fact that just walked through the door, uh, but actually the subject of jeez, am I am I having problems with the phone there? No, you're um, good. I don't, you're good. You're good. We just I don't know where that noise came from. I have no idea, but but yeah, why don't we why don't we go ahead and start with uh, Shihan Jacob as far as. You know um, your relation, your experiences when when you first joined martial arts about how you know dojo atmosphere was and what type of relationships you found were, you know, allowed, not allowed, appropriate, not appropriate. So yeah. floor is yours, well, Sean. So uh, and folks, you, you know, you guys know our dojo, House of Champions, in Venice, mm-hmm. California. Uh, we mm-hmm. have a family atmosphere. We have a lot of family members. And we do have some people that have a relationship among themselves that are coming to the dojo as a couple to work out, to meet other people. And uh, we, we try to keep a very family-oriented social life. Uh, but, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, you could get in the way. Sometimes people take instructor, teacher, uh, student relationship in the wrong way, and it goes mm-hmm. out of out of whack. Uh, I don't want to put any, any bad things but I've had friends of mine that I lost them actually to actually, you know, misconduct and misbehaving and I said, I mean, oh, mm-hmm. thank you. I was just handed a present. I'm sorry for my brother. 
Oh, uh, right on. <clears throat> but here's a funny story I wanted to tell you, Robert, and I know you will appreciate that also. Just uh, you, you guys know she and Mark Parra, you know, my friend, my, my, my young brother, uh-huh. runs the Hulk Champions. When we opened the dojo, uh, I had a friend of mine, an actress and a beautiful lady, Dina, and she, you know, came to the dojo, and obviously Mark is a very handsome man. And from here to there, to make it short, she went through the rings, and they kind of like uh, fell for each other and started dating. And she was a student mm-hmm. for about, I believe, almost five years, where she went from green to black. And at our black belt test, you know, we line up everybody, and we give them like a little one of those blessing kicks you're all familiar with, right? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> blessing <laughs> kicks. <laughs> yeah, a blessing <clears throat> kick, what we call coming from love. So yeah. uh, Mark, you know, just not to show that he is like treating his girlfriend differently than the other black belts that are getting blessed, he really gave her a blast that lasts for a long time. <laughs> Meaning he can he kicked her a little bit too hard, and unfortunately, you know, after that we never saw Dina again in the studio. Obviously, they broke out. She thought he did it to humiliate her and stuff like that. So oh, the lesson man. from that. Yeah, the lesson from it is that, you know, sometimes, you know, the people closest to you might think that you mislead, you're mistreating them or you are using them or things like that. Uh, it's I don't believe that a real master, a real martial artist, instructor will do things like that. I think his his intention was simply just to show that he's not holding back from her what he's doing with the other black belts. Right, but, uh, you right. know, he, Mark is known for having a, a wicked kick, you know, and when we line up kids and adults to get their black belts blessing, you know, most of them, when Mark starts tapping the leg on the floor, they kind of like crunch. And it mm-hmm. goes the same for me when, when I try to punch him or, I, you know, I used to use my thumb before and stick my thumb on people instead of punching them with the whole hand. But, you know, this was just an incident that because you guys talking about the relationship, which I have always will have in my mind that, you were dating, and they were just moved in together, and it looked like they were going into a, a steady, strong, good relationship. And one incident like that, the black belt ceremony, a blessing that was a little bit too blessed. Mm-hmm. The relationship. <laughs> we lost We lost it as a student. We lost it as a black belt. And, you know, if you run a dojo and you bring people up in the rank and they become a black belt, you become attached to them and seeing them leaving and never being seen again, it's kind of like right. a very sad thing. <clears throat> So, you know, we talked about it for many, many years, and uh, we're no longer obviously talking about it, but I was just bringing it up, and hopefully Mark Parra is not on the radio listening to this and kicking my butt, but I just wanted to bring <laughs> it into the... Yeah, so you know, it's like... like... Thank ahead. you, thank you. No, thank you for that, Shihan, because, you know, that that is one of the things that we want to talk about, <clears throat> some of the risks that martial arts instructors can can take if they decide to, you know, date students. Yeah, I have, um, I, have a, I have a female, just to add another thing to that, I have a female uh, woman, you know, I mean, adult, uh, over mm-hmm. 40, that is my student, and a kapapkra, my guy that I teach, and sometimes she comes to my house and we work out. And the reason she told me that she quit going to the Krav Maga school she went to is because the instructor kind of almost, she felt, was abusing her personally, you know, not mm. sexually, because she was a female and he was trying to prove a point. Uh, he was treating oh. her you know, very unfairly. She felt like when they were sparring, he was really taking it out on her more than aggressively than he should have. And 
So, I mean, there is that fine line for instructors that, you know, some people come in and they want to have the real thing, and all of us are tough guys. We all know Greg Mm -hmm. Waldridge and myself and people like that. We like to do the real thing sometimes. But, you know, Mm -hmm. this is a dojo environment, and, uh, you know, hurting your students or uh, treating your female uh, students in a certain ways that are not ethically making them happy, you know, you could lose a lot of students, you know, and women as students are very, very important body today to the martial arts. You know, we need them, mm-hmm. we need the females. Right, right. You know, and but, and it's a, it, it, you're right, it's a very fine line. I mean, it's, you know, not so much like if you're, you know, if students are dating each other. And we're going to be talking about that here in a little bit also, um, as well as like the other, you know, because there's like, you know, just like belt ranks, I, you know, I believe that relationships in the dojo are uh, are also kind of ranked in a way, right? Because, you know, if you're in a traditional dojo, you know you have to, like, pay a certain amount of respect to seniors and even more respect to the, you know, assistants and then more respect to the to the instructor. And so, you know, that kind of changes how how the relationships form in the dojo. So, um, so let's go to – oh, go ahead, sir. I'm saying, you know, we, we also uh, – Robert, you know what I'm talking about, and probably you do – you know, mm-hmm. uh, Billy Burke, a friend of ours, you know, in the oh, beginning yeah. in our dojo, we had his whole family, his ex-wife and the kids and stuff like that. And sometimes as they were coming in the rink, you know, he, was himself, you know, he would be mm-hmm. hard on his ex-wife and he would be tough on his girl and the kids. And, and right. you know, it, it, it could affect a personal relationship by trying to uh, apply a dojo relationship where you're trying to teach and be tough and give him, you know, discipline, and then, you know, but you're also married to that person. You're also dating yeah. that person. So it's very hard to find a fine line. I think you guys are bringing a very good subject to this. Yeah. yeah. Wow. What, what yeah. did somebody drop? Somebody dropped something. Bob, did you drop something? No. <laughs> it's, did you? I don't know. There's a lot of noise going on. All right. I think you're hearing things again. Hi. Oh, you're almost 50. Yeah. Bob, Shut Bob, up. Bob, <laughs> Bob, thank you again for the happy birthday shout out and uh, a, a good com- a good conversation, guys. You're bringing a good subject. Perfect. Thank, thank you, sir. Thank you and happy right. birthday. Getting, Have I'm a drink get for back us. To my thank you, guys. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. Awesome. Take you. care, man. All Bye-bye. right. That was Sheehan Jacob Fressler of the House of Champions. All right. Let's move the mic over to Master Tony Collins. Let's talk a little bit about your experiences in the dojo regarding certain types of relationships and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, in all honesty, as far as mine is concerned, uh, the most stressful one that I think I ever had was actually trying to train the woman who became my wife. Um, huh. And I I think that uh, that one right there, it put a ton of stress on everybody. Now, she didn't start out in my dojo, don't get me wrong. It's just she really liked what I did in life and wanted to be a part of it, so she decided, mm-hmm. hey, I'm going to go ahead and join up, and I'm going to come with you, and I, I'm going to learn Kenpo. I thought, yeah, mm-hmm. that's a great idea. And I was stupid. Uh, because yes, you were. <laughs> it, it was it was very difficult to demo on her to to do the things that I would normally do with anybody else. I mean, when I hit somebody, you know me, I hit them. I, I don't just yeah. you know like like little love tap or anything, and that really ticked her off. And yeah. so 
there is that fine line between, you know, the student and the instructor. It has to be there that the instructor can handle teaching that particular student. So I don't ever and never will date somebody inside of my dojo in any way, shape, or form, uh, mostly because of that part, but also because I was brought up in the in, in the thinking that you just don't do that. That's kind of an abuse of power. Right, Because right. you are looked right. at as an instructor. You are looked at, and, of course, we all have all sorts of titles as we get higher up in our belt ranking and stuff like that, and the admiration goes even higher there. So you're looked yeah. at like that. And, you know, people just don't know how to take that kind of admiration. And you you yourself, as the instructor, have to draw that line and say, nope, this isn't going to happen because this could be what's yeah, going on. Yeah. It, it could be lording over somebody as far as that's concerned. So I, I don't even touch that. Now, now uh, as far as students dating each other, as you've mentioned a little bit earlier, mm-hmm. That one's kind of tough, and you really have to watch it because right. you never know what a relationship is going to do. It can be going great for four or five months, and then the next thing you know, it tanks out, and then there's bad blood between these two, and you can't set them up sparring all of a sudden. It just doesn't yeah. work out that way. <laughs> right. And, and right. so I try absolutely as best as I can to avoid the subject as a whole. When I see two people who are buddying up, little bit much, I flat out ask them, are you two dating? No. Okay, then separate. Right. <laughs> I've gotten more than one look of grr from, right. from both or from one student, and I'm like, nah, yeah. you know, take them aside and be, look, you know, if you want to if you want to see this person, that's fine, but not here. You're not yeah, bringing that into the, you're not bringing yeah, that Yeah, I here. mean, it's one thing, it's one thing if outside the dojo, right, they, you know, a whole group goes out and right. stuff like that. Cause that. You know, that's what we do at my school, right? You know, hey, let's, let's all right. go to the Mexican restaurant, right? But everyone's like in a group. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, right now, lately, you know, there's nobody dating. But, you know, in the past there had been. And, <clears throat> but they had been dating prior to coming to the dojo right and they they would start out right. in separate classes and then they would realize wow that other class that he or she's in looks really fun too so they end up cross training in each other's classes and you know it would work really well and you know for the people that that um actually kept everything professional on the mat and let me do the teaching instead of being bossy toward each other you know kudos to them but that that doesn't really happen all the time and you've noticed that i'm sure that, you know, uh, people that are dating um, in the dojo will tend to correct each other, will tend to nitpick yes. each other's technique, uh, will try to teach, mm-hmm. you know, will be, uh-huh. you know, critical of each other's performance and stuff like that. And, you know, that that's even a fine line. And, you know, I, and, and it's kind of weird because I, I was in the same boat. I was actually dating someone when I was, you know, um, in the dojo and that I caught myself trying to correct people. And it was like, Oh, that's, that's not going to work. <laughs> I can't yeah. correct. I got to let my teacher do that. But it, you know, it's just so, it's so hard sometimes when, especially when, when things get so familiar that you can't separate and uh, you know, but it's one thing if the students are, you know, um, you know, asking each other out outside, but you know, when it's obvious that they're trying to hit on you inside the dojo, it, it kind of makes me, it kind of makes me gag a little. 
<laughs> Get a room. Not in here, you know. <laughs> oh, what about you, Bob? You know, what what do you have any experiences as far as, you know, like different types of relationships, like friend friend? I mean, was that allowed? Friends going out to dinner, you know, teachers dating students. I mean, it's what was never, allowed? you know, it's never been a rule not to. Uh, mm-hmm. which really sucks because I've seen teachers date students. Things don't work out. Uh, students have hard feelings because he's being favorable or he's not being, or, or he's really hard on them. Yeah. Uh, I saw one instance at a school where uh, one guy's wife was cheating on him with another student. Yeah, that that made that. I mean, there was knives coming out and the whole thing. And oh then there's God, another I school. Choked them like coffee there. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and there was an, another instance where there's another school here in town where the instructor married a student. Uh, students are dating. They've had like seven or eight marriages out of the out of the school. Wow. It, it's insane. It 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 should not be like that. Right, not a dojo. Right. That's the Waltons. <laughs> You're right. Exactly. Hi, <laughs> John Boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's, you know. Speaking of like, you know, let, let's let's kind of go to the like, the teachers going uh, dating dating students. Okay, I myself don't think that dating students is. A cool thing to do. However, however, another part of my brain says, well, if this is all you do, like in my case, if this this is all I do, twenty four seven, I wake up, I teach, I you know, and I teach until I drive home. You know, this is the only place I'm going to meet people. I don't go to bars. The bar scene isn't for me. Um, you know, online dating the way it is now, it's too dangerous, right? I tried it when it was new you know, some years back, you know, met a few, met a few nice people, but now it's dangerous with apps like Tinder, you know, Snapchat, that kind of thing. It's a kind of dangerous, you know, where, where else would you meet people? Um, So, you know, even though I think it's not right, I mean, it's kind of like the, you know, does it mean that the, that the teacher has to, you know, suffer no social life because of it, you know? So, you know, that's that's kind of, that's kind of why I think it's a controversy. So, um now, you know, like I said about students, it would be one thing if they're trying to like hit on each other during classes. That that makes me gag. If a teacher's in my opinion, if a teacher's trying to hit on a student during class or during open times, you know, during business hours in the dojo, that is uncalled for. That is an abuse of power. That is that's slimy. I think it doesn't matter if it's a guy trying to hit on a girl or a girl teacher trying to hit on a guy. I just think it's slimy, uh, and it, it just ugh, I don't know. But but here's the other question, guys, because you know, I mean, what if there's you know what if a teacher finds that a particular student is attractive? I mean, you know, it, it, it's it's there's so many things to consider that it's just that's why I think it's a big controversy. What do you do? What do you, what do you not do? And stuff like that. So <clears throat> anyway, <laughs> are you wanting an answer to that question? Oh, uh, if you, yeah, sure. If you want to add your thoughts. Well, um, 
as a particular, for instance, if you find yourself in, like the shoes you mentioned, where your dojo is your only outlet, it's your only inlet, it's where you go, it's where you spend most of your time, things like that, I really don't see a problem as long as you already, and I know you do, as long as you already know and come to the understanding of what you're getting yourself into. Because mm-hmm. as much as there is potential trouble, there's also, you know, it's a potential mate. It's a potential somebody yeah. to be in your life for the yeah. rest of your life mm-hmm. and, and nothing mm-hmm. ever go wrong. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it depends on yeah. how the two of you are together in that dojo versus outside of that dojo. Because suddenly, exactly. as, using mm-hmm. you as the example, you're extra dojo activities will kick up quite a bit as you go out on dates and things like that. And Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. there you get to show that emotion and and, and whatnot. And keep it, pardon the pun, but business in the dojo is what you would have to do. Exactly. And it's, uh, you know, and at times it was tough because, you know, like I said, I had been in the same situation. Um, Does some, do one of you have your uh, computer on? Because I'm getting feedback. Nope. Hmm. Nope. Weird. I guess it's just me. Okay. Okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna have yeah, to talk I, with I that. Hear that yeah. Too. Do you hear it? Oh yeah, I heard the beep. Okay. Huh? Beep. That's weird. Uh huh. I, I am my mute. Mine was muted. <laughs> huh? No, I'm I'm hearing feedback. Like I'm hearing off. myself. That's that's kind of weird. But anyway. Um, like I was talking about earlier, you know, I had been in the same situation. I was dating another student while I was a student. And, um, you know, in, in the dojo that I was in, there was no rule that we couldn't date either. It was a, <clears throat> it was just a matter of, you know, keep it out, you know, keep everything at the door. Right. Um, don't bring it in. Don't bring that shit in the door. You know, teacher would say, um, and it, but it was hard, you know, and it, it, it never failed. Everyone would like grab a partner to work with when, the teacher would say, grab a partner, and it'd just be us. And it'd be like, um, this, this isn't going to work, you know? <laughs> you know? And if we were partnered up, you know, one or both of us would, like, start correcting each other, and then one of, you know, one or both of us would start taking it personally, you know, especially since I was the higher rank, right? So it was like, oh, man, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, right. you know, what do you do? But you know, in since we're talking about the the category of dating in the in the dojo, I mean, some of the greatest dojos and martial arts schools and gyms out there are um, led by husband and wife teams. You know, married couples married that couples own a dojo, and they're very they're very professional and they're professional. And you know, I think the thing that you know sets them apart from like you know failed relationships and other dojos that they And what goes on at the dojo is dojo. What goes on at home is home. Right. And, uh, and uh, you know, yeah. I know several people know that, several people that, that, that are married and are married. Most of the time, what's going on? My, uh, yeah, it's you because I, I muted your mic and it was fine. Okay, let me try this again. Okay, let me try this again. Huh. huh. That's weird. Okay, I'm going to. 
I'm gonna re I'm gonna plug in another mic. Hold on here. Let's see. <clears throat> oh darn it! it. Works. <laughs> no, I still I still uh, hear of. Okay, I'm gonna try a different headset. Okay, hold okay. on, folks. Talk amongst yourselves. Yeah, Bob, let's talk about dating in the dojo. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, you know, there are stories. Now I'm here to beat that. Then it's not me. No, I think, I think it's the studio. Oh, okay. Well, let me try something. Let me try something here. Uh, I'm going to mute everybody's mic Okay. Okay, so mine isn't echoing. Okay, now I'm going to bring in Bob's mic. Say something, Bob. Test, 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 test. Test, test. I test. heard something okay. feedback from me. What's, you heard it from you? Test, test. No, now I didn't. Okay, now let's bring on Tony. Okay, we're good. Okay, Tony, say something. Hey, Tony, say something. Something. Oh. It's his. It's his. It's mine? It's, it's oh, you. Oh, yeah. my <laughs> antiquated phone. That's what it is. <laughs> it, was, it was fine earlier. It was fine earlier. Did you get I know. I, uh, that was so weird. I've been moving the whole time. I walked all over the house. Oh. Well, maybe if you go where you were when we first started talking. That, might uh, that would be difficult since that's my boy's room and I just put him to bed. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> then Sorry. never mind. That's okay. Because like sometimes um, I found that with a cell phone, it's that kind of body. As it's trying to the signal, it'll do that sort of like anyway, deal with it. So, what I'm going to need, though, is I'm going to need our listeners out there to um, get on our chat board um, or get on. Oh, wait. Hold on. Oh, wait, just hold on. Oh, no. okay. uh, to get on Facebook uh, uh, and uh, uh, message me and let me know if you guys hear an echo. So that way, because it could be just us hearing it and it's not being heard by listeners. So if you're a listener, get on get on Facebook. Find me on Facebook and message me and say, yes, there's an echo or no, you're good. Um, <clears throat> okay. So, but, so, all right. So, all right. so um, um, okay. I'm going to have to talk about an experiment that they did with people about how people process language. Each they everyone wore a headset that delayed their own speech by like a half a second and people were were stumbling over themselves and saying the wrong words and stuff and I don't want to do that. <laughs> okay, right. anyway. So what Does, is that what any I better cuz I took my headset that, off. Uh, that own dojos that aren't married. Like I said that's all, that's really that's a lot dojo, better. In the dojo, they keep everything at home at home and they they tend to 
um, they tend to know that they shouldn't teach each other right then and there, right? They both had the same instruct. They both would have the same instructor, so they would go to train under that instructor together, but they would never teach each other. Um, and that that really helped a lot with the uh, you know uh, animosity or anything like that. <clears throat> so pretty wild. Now, um, let's. Uh, I'm pretty sure we'll get back to like dating in the dojo, but let's uh, go to other types of relationships. Let's talk about the um, let's talk about the student teacher relationship or senpai okay. kohai type relationship. Where did Tony go? Uh-huh. Tony I don't know. I think we lost him. He gone. No, there oh. he is. Okay, let's see. Okay, there you are. <laughs> it kept saying he... muted, unmuted, muted, unmuted, muted, unmuted. So I oh. figured, hmm, <laughs> let's try something. So I hung oh, up and called back. back. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I, okay. I think it's going Very better. Cool. Yeah. Yes. It's better. Okay. So we're okay. we're now going to be talking a little bit about the student teacher relationship. How, you know, how that develops. Um, and if it and if and how far does it develop, right? Because there 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 are certain stages of of student teacher relationships that that I've noticed, and I don't know if you guys have noticed too. Um, so let's uh, let's talk about uh, about where you guys think those kind of stages are. You know, like for example, I'll start. <clears throat> you know, when somebody first joins, you know, they're kind of unsure about you know about how classes are going and. You know, it, it's common for new students to really hold a, a teacher like on a pedestal for a bit because, oh, my gosh, here's this expert, you know, uh, not not all students. But, you know, for, for some students, they'll tend to hold the teacher to a high pedestal or they'll tend to, um, I guess, try really hard to uh, assume the correct protocol, you know, the yes sirs and no ma'ams and, you know bowing this and bowing that um and then it goes from there you know once they get more familiar you know the 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 stages in a teacher relationship start to change a little bit so let's get your guys' thought on that um do we want to start with bob or start with tony start with tony okay some of my best friendships that i have ever had in my entire life came from a student right on i can to this day, jump on Facebook and talk to them that are all over the United States that I have never lost. They are the epitome of my stories in Kenpo. As a for instance, when I talk about Isaac Hickenbottom as somebody who took yellow belt to the highest level it could go by never allowing me to pass him. It is oh. these stories that make you realize that in some very awesome cases, a close friendship is inevitable. It's mm-hmm. simply going to happen. But mm-hmm. you can't look for it. Right. It's not something that you can try to put into. It's something that it either happens or it does not. So the yeah. entire time, you as the instructor have the responsibility of always maintaining the idea that you're the instructor until right. if, if or when a friendship blossoms. And even then, there's times when you'll have to go, hey, we're in class. Yeah. Cut it out. If you yeah. tap me in the head one more time, I'm going to throw you. 
<laughs> and that was an actual right. conversation with, with Jerry Zan. <laughs> Wrap me in the head one more time. I'm going to throw you, and that's all there is to it. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know? So there has to be that that respect must actually stay there, even though when they right. get to know you, they, they begin to forget, especially with me. I have one of those outgoing personalities where most people look at me and go, you're a what? With how much? Right. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that respect must stay there, and it must continue to be cultivated even throughout the dojo, but not necessarily throughout the friendship. You get to the right. point where outside of the dojo, you're yourself. Inside of the dojo, you're, for lack of another word, Master Tony Collins to right. everyone else and to them as yeah. well. And they have to understand that. But yeah. those those are going to develop. Those friendships are going to happen, and I truly encourage them to do so because you never know that may be the best friend you ever had in your life. Yeah. No, I'll, I'll agree. You know, so, some of my uh, best friends have been uh, people within – the dojo. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, you know, in fact, he, he, now that I look at it, all my friends are martial artists. I just realized that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> all of them are, you know, uh, and, you know, get, and, you know, it's, it's great. And it's great that we all have best friends and stuff like that in the martial arts in general, but to have them in the same style, sharing the same struggles and, you know, seeing what goes on, the ins and outs going on in your own dojo, you know, they, they get it. They understand you. They understand how how you would stuff like that. You know, my my protege John. He he knows what's up. Um, however, our, our relationship is kind of strange uh, in that you know, been my protege for gosh like fifteen something years. Um, you know, and one of my uh, you know most skilled black belts in in certain areas that other black belts weren't um, as skilled in. They're all skilled, but you know what I mean, right? You know, every black belt has their own specialty. Um, and even though I can confide in him and, I, and when I'm around him, it feels like a friend and stuff like that, I can feel from him that he knows that there is that boundary that he, he shouldn't cross. You know, he's friendly and we joke around and stuff like that, but he knows there's that boundary. Um you know, I don't work all that all that hard to 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 put up a, a boundary. I don't work all that hard to do it. I just you know act like myself as a teacher, and uh, but I can feel that he does, and that that kind of uh, helps helps a lot in the dojo, right? Because you know when he's in the dojo, I need an assistant. I don't need my buddy. You know what I mean? So it's uh, so that's kind of. Uh, that that kind of helps a lot. Um, so what about you, Bob? You know, I, I agree with Tony. The part, though, is that I'm afraid of is familiarity breeds contempt. You're right. right that respect right. has become cultivated, but if the more familiar become, the less respectful they become. Yeah. Yeah. There's the possibility of, there's a possibility of that. Definitely. And that's why, you know, I was really, you know, I'm really thankful that, you know, my black belt, John, um, still kind of keeps that distance, you know, uh, I mean, he's not distant, but he keeps that distance. He he knows what's up, you know, that I'm the teacher and, that, and that's always the way it's going to be no matter, no matter what, um, you know, and, you know, all, all of my black belts, you know, are, in a sense are my friends, 
Um, and they've all they, they've all got their own way of keeping that that distance. And when they hang out with each other, everything's like you know hunky dory because you know they're they're the same rank and stuff like that. Um, but yeah. So anyway, um, so I left off where I left off at the at beginners when they when they first develop that that relationship with yeah. their with their teacher. Okay, so let's let's pretend they go to like purple belt. So they're very familiar with the dojo. They're familiar with protocol. They've been helping other new students get familiarized because they understand, you know, how people feel when they first you know walk in the dojo and stuff like that. They know how their teacher ticks. They know how their teacher teaches. Um, they, they can read their teacher as far as, you know, what, what they liked about a student's movement or technique and what they didn't. Um, and that's where the familiarity starts. Um, um, would you guys agree? That's where the familiar, uh, familiarity starts. And, you know, that's why when we go out to dinner after class, I usually, you know, I don't like say, Hey, let's all go out to dinner because, you know, it makes beginners feel kind of awkward. Um, and it would make like not yet intermediate people feel unwanted, but I usually only invite intermediate to advanced students out. Um, mainly because, you know, they still, because at least my students, they still know, you know, where the boundary is, but I, I, but at the same token, I want them to feel comfortable with, you know, being able to come with me with any concerns or whatever. So that's why I invite them out. And then if we make friends with everyone, then great. Um, but, you know, that's the hard part. You know, you know, you don't want to make, you know, the beginners or the, the uh, not yet intermediate people feel left out. Right. Right. Uh, but yeah, I, I bring those guys out to dinner because it's like, it's, they are going to be, at the table anyway, if they keep up with it. And they realize that they realize, Oh my gosh, and I'm surrounded by black belts. And soon enough, I'll be sitting at this table again with a black belt and, mm-hmm. you know, I'll be part of that group. And, but that's why I invite those people um, out to dinner. Um, usually it's because I want to share something yeah. specific with them about the arts or something. And I only want them to have it. <laughs> For now, <laughs> for now, you know, and, I, and uh, I, I got to put a disclaimer out there because I don't want beginner students out there thinking, what, you're holding back? <laughs> but right. let's, let's, no, no, let's it's, go, it's just one of those incentives. Yeah, it is. It is. So I'm going to I'm going to let like Sifu Bob and Master Tony explain exactly what I mean by that. No, we're not holding back. It's because Bob, what are your thoughts on that? It's it's because we want the ultimate admiration from our students, and we want them to buy us dinner. (laughs) (laughs) No. Oh crap! I was like, where the hell is he going with this? (laughs) I am so glad I didn't have a drink in my mouth. (laughs) I know, right? I already choked once tonight. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. What about you, Tony? <laughs> I'm a little bit different there because the only ones that I invite out to dinner are brown belt or above, unless uh-huh. the student is um, testing. 
Now, on occasion, oh, right, especially right. on a good, a really good test uh, or a really good testing student, when they get, say, it goes white, yellow, orange, purple, blue, green, brown, black, and pencil. Oh. So when they right. get them right. around the, the blue and green, then I'll go ahead and I'll, I'll spring for them for, for a meal or something with us so that they can kind of see what's going on as far as when we sit around a table and start talking, because a lot of times we're talking Kenpo most of the time that we're eating anyway. We're right, talking right. about what's going on in the class. We're talking about next week or this, that, or the other. So it's kind of almost kind of like a business meeting where everybody is sitting around talking about what yeah. they've been doing, what they are doing, what they will do, how they're going to, you know. I, I know you yeah. know what I'm talking about, so I'm not going to go yeah. with that. But right. that student right then and there gets to see something very important. They get to see how we mingle together and how there is that tightness, how there is yeah. this, but it's still business. It's still, you know, we're not sitting there talking about going fishing or something like that together, although I have many times. Um, <laughs> it, uh, it is still the, the martial arts. It's still designed around the martial arts and about half the time we'll show up in gi anyway because everyone in this town knows who i am so mm-hmm. right on and yeah they've come uh, to expect that from me yeah that's pretty much what i do it's just that you know i i, I start to invite people out when they're at purple um but not but you know the the students the students kind of know that just because they get a purple belt doesn't mean they're automatically going to get asked to dinner you know it, they they right. kind of have to I kind of have to kind of see where they are because like in many arts, uh, you know, at least with, at least here, you know, I, my school goes through phases where the purple belts will get an attitude. They'll get kind of arrogant and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, not like, not like I want to, like, I want to slap them arrogant, not like that, but they start like having a little bit too much confidence in their skills and, and, you know, and I have to constantly correct this or that and remind them that, hey, hey, you know, come on now, you know, <laughs> you can't get better at this. You know, that kind of that kind of arrogant, you know, they don't go around yeah. bragging about themselves. That's, you know, that's not what I meant. But, um, you know, at around that rank, I, I find that they kind of get like that. And um, when they get like that, I, I won't bring them out, you know. Right. But when it does happen, I don't stop it because they have to go through that. They have to. Basically, I, I feel that they need to, to, to feel good and confident about what they do, but they also need a point in their training where they need to be humbled from it also, mm-hmm. uh, you know, where, you know, a yellow belt might kick them in the head or, you know, someone from another art that doesn't do what they do, you know, uses one of, you know, their own techniques, you know, against them or something, you know, they need to be humbled and that, that changes your, your, your training. Um, because yeah, I mean, we could go on and on about that. <laughs> Students out there don't get a big head around your teacher because yeah, you'll just, you're, they're just going to shove a big piece of humble pie in your mouth with a shovel. <laughs> no, usually that that's when I, I, invite them into a breaking session, I break a cinder block and look at them and go, now it's your turn. I love that. <laughs> but Well you but, do get you do get students that do that though. You do get students that look at you and and they think, okay, I know you're light years ahead of me, but still just like your teenage son 
they start throwing that punch out there or something like that, trying to, oh, yeah. you know, let's see if I can get the instructor. Let's see if I can do this, that, or the other. And I'm like, you can hit me one good time, but remember, I'm going to hit you 20. And each one of yeah. them is going to look like that cinder block. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's a good way to put it. It's like the teenage son. It's like the teenage mm-hmm. son that tries to get one over on the old man, you know. And yeah. I, I've had a few people like that, you know, where they'll try to, like, go a little bit too hard. And 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 then if I truly correct them and and say, hey, you know, your technique is suffering, don't, you know, don't do that, then, of course, they'll then they'll start to take it personally, like, what do you mean my technique's perfect? What are you talking about? You don't know what you're talking about. And I know they're thinking that. And it's kind of like, yep. but, you know, they, they have to, they have to uh, experience that. And it does, it does them no good if we as the instructors humble them because it's not really going to mm-hmm. prove anything. Of course we can beat them. Well, of course we can I, got a, I got a funny story. I got a funny Greg Wolverine story to tell you. Oh, yeah, tell us. He, he, he was sparring, and he, and he said to these guys, that listen, I'm not wearing a cup. So if you decide you're going to groin kick, it's going to be tit for tat. Guy kicked him in the groin, and Greg's foot moved and lifted this guy off his feet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. And it was so fast, and I was laughing so hard because right when that guy connects with Greg's groin, it was done. <laughs> yeah. Because he's, yeah. he's been warned. Yeah, I had one student that – that hit me hit me pretty hard because I don't know what he was trying to prove. I mean, we we make contact, yes. That's that's the whole idea when we train in self defense. But I mean, this guy was going all out. I mean, just boom, 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 and he and he hit me on the forehead. I saw his punch come in, and I'm like, oh shit! So I kind of I kind of like dipped my chin a little bit, so he hit me in the forehead, and instead of my nose, and right. I I. I stood right back up again and I gave him this look like, and I kind of like rolled my eyes and gave him this look like, wow, you're a dick. That's kind of, that's kind of like a look I gave him. You're such a dick. You, you, do you know how many times I got that look from you? <laughs> <laughs> oh God, you've been counting? No. <laughs> I lost too. <laughs> and, you know, and and they usually realize what's going on, and then it's my turn, right? Uh, but then, you know, on the other hand, I don't want to, like, knock somebody down, you know, and hit them back because they hit me, because then it makes me look like a bitch, right? And that's, and that's right. another thing about teachers, about teachers, you know, um, demonstrating to students that they still have it. If a woman does it to a guy, she's a bitch, if a guy does it to a guy, that teacher's a god. If a guy does it to a woman, <laughs> he's being abusive. What the hell is wrong yep. with that picture? We're all teachers, you know? I know um, that's what's wrong with that pe- picture, though. It's a sociological thing. I mean, we see a guy hit a girl, and automatically, even if the guy is quote-unquote in the right, like if it's a teaching scenario, it looks yeah. bad. I had a, a good friend of mine who took some pictures with me, after her and I had taken these pictures, she was like, this looks horrible. And I said, why? She goes, because the couple of times that you're quote-unquote hitting me in these pictures, it looks like you're being abusive to a female, whereas where I'm kicking you in these pictures, it looks like you just kind of let me hit you. Uh, right. So, yeah, that's what happened. These are pictures 
And she's like, but I can see how this now looks inside of the dojo. It would look kind of like the same thing. It would look like if you hit some girl like this because you were sparring with her, then it would be bad. So I went back over some of my videos where I was demoing on one of my students, Vicky, and not mm-hmm. once had I ever thought of it in that respect, but here I am hitting her and doing different things and demoing on her, and other mm-hmm. people were like, why are you picking on her? What did right, you do? Right, right. Yeah, yeah. And it, it, it's, it's, it's funny how how society's like that in a way, because, like, um, you know, my good friend Cheryl um, – accomplished master in the Filipino martial arts under Chris Petrilli. She, uh, Chris, uh, master Petrilli takes Cheryl around, um, to seminars and stuff when he's teaching, because she's actually the only person that can take compression locks from him and knows his, his wonky. When I say wonky, it's they're like from like weird angles and stuff that no one can get out of. Right. I mean, you'll break something, you know, cause he throws, he, he throws, these like just incredible, you know, uh, locks and throws and sweeps that like come from all different angles up and down and all around all at once. And she knows him well enough to, to read where he's going to go and she'll throw herself in that direction to prevent herself from getting broken. So she takes, he takes her around and will proceed to look like beat the crap out of her. Uh, but she can take it. And, you know, and, and I've been to seminars, you know, where we've hosted them and guys will kind of like look at each other like, why is he, why is he picking on that girl? And, oh, you know, that must not hurt. This, this shit won't work because that girl's falling for it, right? That's what, that's what I know they're thinking because I heard some guys say, well, God, how good is this then? Because it makes a girl fall down. I mean, what the hell? Right. And then, right. and Chris knows what's up. He'll usually say, okay. And he'll never say, you're an asshole. Come here. I'll show you. He'll say, well, and we can do it this way as well. Oh, can I borrow you since you're closer? He'll, he'll, he'll literally on purpose position himself closer to someone that is talk smack and say, can I borrow you and put him in the exact same lock and they'll be tapping and crying and going, uh, 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 you, know? <laughs> you know, and then he'll go and he'll go, and that was just my pinky, you know, Cheryl, come here. And he'll use like all three fingers, right. And just rank down on these things. And she'll be like, Oh, but she'll never like break, break her, uh, her posture or anything like that. If he's going to continue to demonstrate and people, and then, right. then the guys are like, Holy crap. This lady can take some stuff, you know, and uh, Uh am I all for, am I all for, you know, guys using women for demonstrations? You bet. Why not? You know, why not? As long as they can take it and know what to do. But it's society that makes the relationship um, the way it is, you know, why are you abusing her and why is she being a bitch? You know, I only tapped her, didn't have to, you know take my balls and shove them through my mouth, you know, stuff like that, right? I mean, it's right. Like, <laughs> you know, it's... <laughs> God, you're so eloquent. Now Bob has a mental picture that he can't get out of his head. <laughs> oh, man, that's just something that... Coughing that, that on was a hair. Random, just a random thought. But you know, yeah. seriously though, I think it's the, I think it's the what you what you said, society that actually creates relationships sometimes. 
So let's kind of, oh, yeah. you know, go into that a little bit because, I mean, there's the relationship that, that you know, students have with each other, you know, friends, um, senpai kohai, meaning like, you know, maybe a white belt really resonates with like, let's say a green belt. And that green belt, you know, likes this white belt and wants to help out and be that big brother or that big sister or whatever. So now you've got this, you know, senpai kohai. A mentor junior type of relationship going on that's more like a brother sister older brother right. or older sister type thing those are great mm-hmm. um teacher student yes, relationship you know yeah i yeah i encourage those as well every every i, I tell all my classes everyone here is a sisuk everyone here is a, an uncle or an auntie to somebody else so don't think that just because you're like two weak two uh, weak uh white belt that you can't be a seasick to somebody else because, Oh, look, you know, here's this newbie that came in that joined just today, two weeks experience. So let him talk with them, you know? And um, so anyway, you, you have all those relationships that, that we, you know, in the relationships know um, how it works, but then you've got society. So, you know, there's one at, more. Oh, what's that? There's one more relationship that you haven't addressed that is actually a negative that I have found in a lot of dojos and I have worked my tail end off to keep it as down low as you can possibly keep it. And that is the almost hatred, the the almost dislike from people who are in first degree black belt on up to those in Mm -hmm. the colored belt. That one right there. Oh yeah. Oh God. Right. Okay. You know, I, you know, I, I guess I forgot it because I hardly have experienced it. Um, How lucky you. Thank God. Thank God, right? Yeah. Um, yes, but lucky you. have I heard stories about black belts that will, you know, talk smack about the color belts and, you know, man, that was the stupidest thing I ever or saw. Did, you know, why did, what's that? I said, or smack the colored belts. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's like, Wow. So tell us a little bit about that from your experience. I'm gathering that, you know, it's happened in Kempo. It happens all of the time, especially in a, in an art that is designed around fighting like Kempo is, that is designed mm-hmm. around the street fight, that is designed to make you a, a better fighter. That was the general idea of Kempo. And I have seen this time and time again where once you're in the black belt rankings, it's not necessarily encouraged, but it most certainly is not discouraged that you start to show that power. You start to, to go all out, and you start to, to amongst the black belts, beat up on each other and whatnot, and you form this clique. You form this, mm-hmm. this group of people who now mm-hmm. all of a sudden, if you're, if you're a lower-colored belt, they almost don't pay any attention to you at all, or they're just all up, pardon the expression, in your Kool-Aid about everything that you do. You're not good enough. You're not worth it. You're not a black belt, so nothing you say can or will mean a darn thing to me until you have that black belt around your waist. Right, and right. The, you know, yeah. Okay, I, I hear you. Thing, yeah, and the hardest thing has been putting a stop to that, and, and sometimes it literally takes the instructor to just step in, get nose-to-nose with that person and say, I didn't treat you that way. Don't treat them that way. Right. There's nothing I did ever to make you feel like that. Why are you doing that to somebody new? 
Yeah, and what, and what I don't understand right. is why do they have that attitude when they themselves were color rank? You know, that's, that's uh, a good question. It it makes no sense to me. It's not, sometimes I wonder if it's like, you know, um, uh, what do they call that? The uh, shoot. It's almost like I'm trying to remember the name of it. It's actually a, a psychological syndrome. Um, it's a syndrome <clears throat> where you actually start to take on the the belief the belief systems of a group that you you know might have thought have had been dangerous or um uh or criminal or something yeah it was like right there the stockholm syndrome yeah <laughs> you know i'm not gonna re- i'm not saying it's exactly like that but like you know if you. the black belts have a certain attitude and you get up there i mean you know, wouldn't it be common for the new black belt to go, well, now I get to act like these people, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Right. And it's like, that's, that's sad in a way. Yes, it because is, but it happens it, a lot. It happens. And I, I, I guess what, what I can't wrap my mind around is if the teacher doesn't display that kind of, you know, hatred or animosity or you're not, you're, you're not a black belt. I don't got to listen to you and bah, I'm going to ignore you. Bah, you're nothing. You're, you're good for nothing. You're under my type of thing, right? If the teacher right. hadn't hadn't displayed any kind of that, where did they get it? It's it's exactly. just it just Great. blows my mind. So, wow! So I had forgotten about that relationship. Thank you for you're for, welcome. Uh, that is reminding. the reason why I did away with what what was originally called the black belt clubs. I don't have any in my schools. We don't mm. have black belt clubs for that reason. Because mm-hmm. they get in those black belt clubs, and all of a sudden they're better than everyone else, and they just know right. it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. 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 But wow. Yeah. So, uh, I was gonna talk about something. I was gonna put out another part of. Uh, let's see here. Da, 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 da. Oh, I guess. Um, speaking about like you know getting back to like people dating or something like that you know one of the questions that um we had posed in our intro dialogue was oh hold on a sec my uh caregiver just texted me okay all right everything's cool at home i guess my other cousin's home now but (laughs) but poor my poor other cousin he, he he doesn't know how to change adult briefs, so he's <laughs> all he knows to do is turn on the oxygen machine. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> um, but one of the questions that we had posed in our intro dialogue was that you know when it comes to dating students, whether it's students dating students or teachers uh, dating students, you know, should there be a rule or a line drawn? You know, in general, or should it be left up to that particular school? Because, um, you know, like we all said, you know, sometimes it works, right? right. Um, sometimes it doesn't. Um, but, you know, I guess I guess my question to you guys is, did, do you guys think that in general there should be, like, some type of protocol? Like, you shouldn't date, you shouldn't, you know, so, oh, I don't know, something like you shouldn't, sign people up only to date them. I've heard of, I've heard of that happening. 
that one <laughs> there should be a protocol against that because you, you should never try to teach somebody to date them. That right. that's just in my personal opinion absolutely ridiculous. That is doomed. That is destined. To... Oh, that that yeah, Slimy. absolutely. Slimy. But and you know, I, I got a funny story. But it, but it happens. It's it's slimy. It's pretty slimy. But I have a yes. funny story regarding the opposite. Um, there was this guy that came into the studio. This was like, oh, I don't know, 1997 or something, so quite a time ago. Uh, he came into the studio, and uh, both me and uh, my business partner, Cheryl, were there. And Cheryl got to him first and goes, hey, you know, what do you want to learn? This is what we offer, blah, 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 blah. And I came out of the back room, and... Uh, and he said, well, you know, I, I initially came to learn Tai Chi, which he really did. He wanted to learn Tai Chi. And, and Cheryl said, well, you know, here's our instructor. So I talked with him a bit. <clears throat> and he took lessons. And in order, at the time, in order to, to be allowed to join, we had to put you through the intro program. All right? So it was three lessons. And it was, you know, their chance to see if what we had was what they were looking for in a martial art, and if they were what we were looking for in a student, it gave us that, it was kind of like a mutual interview kind of thing, right? So anyway, right. he did he did the three lessons with me in, in Chen-style Tai Chi, and, and he came to a few classes after he joined, and we got to talk, and he started asking, so, you know, what do you do outside of the dojo? Is this all you do? Well, everyone asks me that. So I, I told them, well, yeah, this is all I do. You know, I, I teach at a private school and I, you know, I have private lessons in other places and I teach public schools and then I have this and this is all I do all day, every day. And he's like, oh, and he started to, and then he started to, to ask, you know, other personal questions. You know, he, uh, they were kind of like fishing questions. Like, right. so, you know, what's yeah. your, what does your husband think about you, you know, being away all oh, the time? Dude. You know, class doesn't oh. end it. Yeah. So it was a fishing question. And I, you know, yeah. and I, and the way that he asked it, I knew it was fishing. So I kind of went, well, right now I don't have enough time for a relationship. And I left it at that. Right. And, uh, and then he started asking other things like, oh, I, I heard you talking to Guru about uh, Jeff Dunham and this and that and the other. And, you know, one of my favorite comedian vent- ventriloquists, right. And uh, right. and I'm like, yeah, 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 I, I absolutely love him. He's great, blah, 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 you know. Um, and then two weeks later, he, he I hear he, a knock he on the door. We weren't even, oh, he bought tickets. He did. He bought tickets, <laughs> and he knocked on the door. The dojo, the dojo wasn't open yet because we normally close for like three hours for lunch. So I opened the door. I'm like, hey, what's up? Did you forget something? And he's like, hey, you know, I got off the phone with a buddy of mine. We were supposed to, like, go see Jeff Dunham down at comedy at comedy blah 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 whatever the bar was and he he tripped out so you want to go and i went oh this sounds like a line <laughs> <laughs> yeah good you guess know, I, yeah because I, I wanted to go to that but i was teaching couldn't right and i said yeah no i can't i'm teaching you know oh well, you can't you can't cancel class for a night i mean i bought these tickets and i'm like i'm pretty sure you've got other friends you can you can take and left it at that. And and then finally, finally, he actually asked me out. He's like, I'd like to know if you would go. To, he didn't even get to the dinner with me. I said, no. I interrupted him, no. And he's like, uh, can I finish? I'm like, okay. I wanted to know if you would like to go to dinner with me. And I said, no. 
unless it's with unless it's with the other students, no. And it's not because I don't allow students to ask the out. Uh, I told them straight up, I don't think it's appropriate that the student asks the teacher out. And I don't think it's appropriate that I accept, you know. And I thought to myself that very that very second, because I remember this distinctly, I thought to myself, crap, I didn't word that right. I gave him a chance. I gave him an out, right? Mm-hmm. You know, um, I, I should have said something. Absolutely not. I would never date a student ever. You know, I should have said right. Right, but I, I I made it so open ended that it made it sound like you know well maybe later, right? Well, you know after that day he never came back to class. You know his whole thing staying there for a month was basically to get in my pants. <laughs> and, I was like, and I was like, this is not okay. <laughs> right. Oh man. So. Anyway, yeah, it's it, it's just slimy all the way around. But on the other hand, though, I'd heard though, and this is what I was told by other teachers, that it's it's very common for young students, young meaning rank, young students to develop, you know, these high admiration attitudes or even crushes on yes, ab- absolutely on, on the teacher, and yes. it passes. You know, or they become stupid and they try and act on it. <laughs> right. Right. That's true. And, you know, and as Master Collins says, if any teach, if teachers are out there listening or any new teachers or people that are going to be teachers, you have to, have to, have to, have to, you know, take on that responsibility of remaining professional. I mean, granted, it's your choice to remain professional or not. However, you know, you do have to think about, as Master Collins says, what you're getting into, what the possible ramifications are of you getting into a relationship with somebody, and are you willing to take that risk? Is the other person willing to take that risk? Because if all they want to do is hook up, and you're looking for, like, settle down, and it doesn't work out, then now you've got something you've got to deal with. That's right. That's right. Remember, we're all about profe- we're all about professionalism and being politically correct on this show. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! I couldn't even make it all the way through that. I know. <laughs> but also, you got to remember something too that it's it's not just the two of you. It's not just the instructor no. and the student. Right. Everybody knows. It's it's yeah. not like you can hide that. It, if you're right. in a relationship. With a student, the entire uh, class, uh, even unto, like, if you have multiple dojos, it could get around all over the place. It does. Are you willing to have yes. that happen? Are yeah. you willing to have all of these people talking to you, about you, and whatnot, as far as that right there is concerned? And bear in mind what it looks like. Because yeah. although I don't. I've never been one for social norms or or anything like that. I don't care what people think. But when you're in a business situation where you are trying to get other students, suddenly you do have to care about how they feel about you as a person. Mm -hmm. And that is going to be one of those things that they're going to look at right away. Right. Right. 
rumors rumors from that point on not only have started but have become almost confirmed. No matter what you say or no matter what you do, you can't say, well, the first part is right, but this part is wrong because the first part is right. Right. <laughs> the right, rumor mill exactly. has already started, and everybody around you is going, so you're dating that new brown belt, huh? Yeah. And didn't she just get that brown belt? You know, those kind of rumors like that yeah. that, that fly yeah. around mm-hmm. uh, for the peripheral treatment and whatnot. Uh, they happen. Yeah. And so you got to ask yourself, and you and that person really should sit down and be like, look, where are we going from here? What do we do with this? Because this is what's going to happen. And exactly. know what it is that is going to happen. Get yourselves ready. Because it's a big, mm-hmm. humongous mess. Yeah, it it can be, and but you know, it's like it's 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 they'll find out soon enough. Especially if all yep. they're doing is like you know just trying to get in each other's pants. I mean, it's kind of like oh, yeah. it, you know when you're in the heat of that moment, you forget that it can affect your career, it can affect that relationship, it can affect their relationship or their you know dreams of one day owning a school. You know, it can right. affect a lot of things. And, you know, yeah, as teachers, we have to ask ourselves that. Are we willing to do that? Yeah, you start losing students, if, especially if the school is known for being everyone dates everybody and the, and, the, and the teacher, like, you know, sleeping with all the women or vice versa. You know, you don't there's want. There's no respect there. Yeah, there's no respect. And, you know, are you willing to, to risk your career and a lifetime of work for that? You know, that's something that you have to think nope. about. And, uh <laughs> nope. Yeah, you know, and oh my gosh, I mean, we can go on and on about this because I've heard stories of like, you know, teachers dating married people, you know, yep. and yeah, it, it it goes just as bad as, you know, that gal cheating against the teacher, another student. I mean, you know, teacher cheating with a married woman whose husband is also a, a member. I mean, how, I mean, how, yeah, it, it's just, it just gets ugly. Just gets ugly. But, but you know, my my point is keep it professional. I had one. I I, I kid you not, and I'm going to get hate mail for this. I had one teacher that that came up to me. I swear to God, this is so funny. He said, "That's see that student over there. I want to show her the golden pole technique." <laughs> oh, oh my God. <laughs> Oh my God! And I, you said, and you thought this was okay? <laughs> no, I just thought it was funny. I didn't think it was okay. Oh my God! The golden of a I guy. I'll have to admit that is kind of funny. It's funny. My my wife my wife just said when I started to laugh, it sounds like somebody goosed me. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I thought it was funny too, but like, you think about the idea behind it, it just made me want to vomit. Anyhow, I we know, are right? out of time. We are out of time. Uh, we can talk about this. Oh, you know, lately, Bob, all of our subjects have been things where, where we need another show about it. Yeah. You know. So I know, right? We will revisit this uh, at, a, at another date. So stay tuned next week, folks. Um, keep your eyes out on Dynamic Dojo Facebook page for the subject of next week's show. We'll see everyone next week. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Bye.
Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 